Okay, let's get started with this year's Shir Parshas Va'era, Tavshin Ayin Beis. Tavshin Ayin Beis, and we start off with the first couple of psukim and a two-word Rashi. Parshas Va'era starts off, Va'yidabra Elokim El Moshe, Va'yomer Elov Ani Hashem. Hashem says to Moshe, Va'yomer Elov Ani Hashem. So it doesn't say, doesn't say in the text what was said, but that's not for now. Next Pasuk. Va'era El Avraham El Yitzchak Ve'el Yaakov Bekel Shakai. I appeared to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov with the name of Shakai. Ushmi Hashem lo nodati lahem. But the name of Yudke Vavke, I did not appear to them uh, with. So much is said about the different Shemos of Hashem, the difference in Hanhaga of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between the Avos and Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, but let's focus on the first Rashi in the Pasuk. Va'era, it says Rashi, El HaAvos. To the Avos. Sifseh Chachamim already asks, El Ha'avos, what, I forgot already? Right, because we're, we're already in Va'era. And only back in, in Sefer Bracious, we knew who the Avos were. The Pasuk says, Va'era, Avram, Yael, Yislam, Yaakov. Rashi says, oh, by the way, these are the Avos. Yes, the Gemara says in Brachas that only Shlosha Nikru Avos, but there's nobody here that's being suggested that they're an Av, that they're not, that the, Rashi's trying to preclude. So, obvious question, what exactly is Rashi trying to tell us with El Ha'avos? Says the Pardes Yosef. We haven't really looked in enough. One of the great, um, close to contemporary achronim from within the past uh, 150 years or so. Says the Pardes Yosef. El Avraham, Rashi El Ha'avos. Ayin Sefsechachamim, look at all these other svarim that talk about the problem. What, what exactly is meant by the message of El Ha'avos? We know who the Avos were. So he quotes a thought from Rameir Parmajlanim. The Pardis Yosef quotes Mikatse El Katse. He's a Maccabi. He, he gathers, but he has Lundis, he has he has Drush, he has Hasidish of Ars, he has everything. So here he quotes from Rav Meir Baparmishlan. Omar, what does it mean, Avos? What's an Av? Demisha Yeshlo Av Tzadik, Eno Mishtadel Ba'atzmo Kalkach, Lahasik Shlemus. Sometimes somebody could have the warped mentality. That if they have a righteous father, if they come from great yichus, so they could sit back and say, okay, I'm going to go for the ride. You know, my last name is blank. You know, so what do I have to work so much for? This was my father and my grandfather. But we can rely on chosavos. Oh, there's a third generation. My father was the Rebbe. My grandfather was the Rebbe. So of course I'm the Rebbe. But Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov did not, well, Yitzchak and Yaakov did not rely on that. V'ratzu she'yiu avos, v'lo Each of the avos were avos in their own right. Yitzchak didn't say, well, hey, my father discovered God at either age 3 or 48 or 40 or whatever your shita is. My father, Avram, okay, I'm good, I'm Ben Avraham. No, 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 he was an av himself. He started something. He was the beginning. He was an av. That's what was bothering Rashi. Why does the Pusik say three different phrases? el Avraham, el el Just say el Avraham, shakai. What's the emphasis of a separate el? Same question as in the in our Shmon Esrei. Elokei Avram Yisrael Yaakov. What's Elokei Avram Elokei Yisrael Elokei Yaakov? No, they each carved out their own unique relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. They were each an Av. Umetarei shekal echsa echad hisik eloka v'hayu avos. That's the message of Rashi, and we find this in a couple of other places as well throughout the Torah. First, he quotes bottom of the first column. In the fourth Pasuk, in Sefer Bamidbar, the Pasuk tells us, V'itchem yihiyu ish ish lamateh, ish rosh l'beis avosam. Moshe Rabbeinu, with you will be a man for each shevet, and a man rosh l'beis avosam, will be the head of his household. What's the deeper message? Al pi maisa, it says, I'll explain this Pasuk, al pi maisa, with the following story, this parable. Shem yuchas echad, hayalo rivim, tamar chacha, bilti miyuchas. There was one rabbi that was having a fight with another rabbi. One rabbi had great yichus and one of them had not great yichus. So obviously the rabbi with yichus would say, oh, look who your parents were. So the one without yichus says, but you're the end of the line and I'm the beginning of the line. Ani sof yichus, yichus. 
says it as a mashal. But what's the message? The message being, Ish Ishlamate, Rosh Lebeis Avosahu. Moshe, choose people who are not Sof Yichus. Choose people who are starting. And each one of us should be starting our own Yichus. Rak Ish Asher Rosh Lebeis Avosam should be Menu Yaschil HaYichus. Each person, so many of the Gedolim over the past 150 years, their parents weren't the Gadol Hadar. There were some, but many of the Poskei Hadar over the past 150, 200 years, or even in all history, we don't know so much about their parents. They had obviously Zchuyos, but each of the Gedolim were Ish Rosh Lebeisavosavu, they started a Yichus. And this is also what he says, says the Pratis Yosef in the next column. V'zesha Omer B'Rosh Hashanah. And that's the deeper message what we all do on the first side of Rosh Hashanah. Al-Rosh Keves, Nihiyah, L'Rosh, V'lo Lozana. We want to be the Rosh. We don't want to be the tail. What does that mean? Keves, Eichel, Ailo, Shal Yitzchak. Just like Yitzchak was a Rosh. He was an Av himself. So too, we want to be a Rosh as well. And then he adds two more. The idea comes up all over. He quotes, Rameyer also says the following on the first Pasuk in Parashat Nosso. This is very drushy, this one, but Adarak Drush, Nosso was Rosh B'nei Gershon, Gam Haim. What's the message? Nosso was Rosh on line 10. If you want to be the head, Nosso was Rosh B'nei Gershon. Then B'nei, the attitude of just being a son, the attitude of Ben, of just taking Ben Bar Avon Bar Gershon that attitude Gershon get rid of it Gareshoto get it out like it says in Mesechus Menachus but what does one have to do now so it's Rosh Bnei Gershon but Gamheim also them also they themselves if Gamheim Atzman Sadikim if they themselves do it themselves us then then they'll start their Yichus and their the ancestors will be um, a schus for them and they won't sit just in the shadow of their yichus, but they will create their own yichus building on the yichus of their, of their forefathers. And then he finally says, maybe that's even another level of interpretation of the Pasuk we say in Shiram Alas. Pasuk in Shiram Alas, at Tehillim Kuf Chavav, Haloch Yelech Uvacho, Nosei Meshech Hazara, Haloch Yelech Uvacho, we go and we cry. When do we cry? No say, if I'm carrying Meshach HaZara, the message of the Zara, I'm just the Zara, I'm just the seed. I'm just the, I'm being Makabel. But, Imrak Miyuchas, who asked me no klum? Ava Bayavo Varina. But this, ta- this time for celebration, if, no say, if I'm carrying the bundles myself, no say, if I take an active part and I try to create my Yichus, that's what Rashi is telling us. El Ha'avos. Each of the Avos did it themselves. They didn't say, oh, I'm the son of so-and-so. I'm the daughter of so-and-so. This is my last name. No, they were each Avos. I'm Yitzchak ben Avraham, but I'm a Yitzchak. I'm not just ben Avraham. That is, the Gavlos says, the Paradis Yosef and the secret message of the first two words of Rashi on the Pasuk. Okay. We continue now, moving on. Pasuk Vav. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I've heard the cries of Am Yisrael, Mitzrayim is, is uh, hurting them, subjugating them. But as Karas Brisi, I will remember my bris. This is a pasuk that we spend much time on Pesach time. But ve'erabo, we are. This is the way to get into the Pesach mode. A couple months away. I'll take you out and I'll save you. The famous Dalit Lashonos of Geula. The four Lashonos of Geula, which we've discussed uh, at length in different contexts in past years. These were four stages of Geula, according to many. One version is even the Dalit Geulos, the language of the Yerushalmi. So it's a different stage of Gula, that it's seen, the Tartimimo all have their ideas about the Dalit Lashonos uh, of Gula. Even the fifth one, Behevesi Eschem. But there's a halachic question that is asked by the Mordechai, one of the great Rishonim, found in the back of every Gemara. If you look at the Yam Simcha, the Yam Simcha quotes the Yerushalmi Yimsachim in the 10th parak, which quotes the Four Kosos, as we know, the night of Pesach, the Mitzvah Durabanan of Dalit Kosos is connected to the four Geulos. And then the Mordechai, Mecca Mara, asks a simple question. 
Fine, we know there's, there's four. There's four of something. But how did Chazal know and why did they decide to have four cups of wine? Why not four breads? After all, we have three matzahs for other reasons. How about four pieces of meat? He doesn't say that, but four, why not the four cups of wine? Where did Chazal see that in the message that they wanted to convey? That's the Mordechai. How do they know Dalat Kosos? How about Dalat Lechamim? Vitirates that he quotes, I'll be psukim, that it's, that it's Dalat Kosos. Then we discussed a couple of years ago the Nitzib who says, wine really changes a person, just like every stage of Geula changed them. Says the Yam Simcha, though, maybe another pshat. V'yesh levayr machlokusam. Let me explain. The Machovist of Ashkabari Shona, Lomad Yushami, the Vadari Mikosos Yayin, Mordechai Lobadal Chamim. What's the issue? Four cups of wine, four breads. What was the Havamina? What was the Maskana? So the Absimcha says maybe we could appreciate it based on a thought from the Munkacha Rebbe. Quotes on line 14. B'shem Zakeno, Davar Nechmat, Leva Ero Inyat to explain the following. Something that comes up all the time in our life. Shetiknu shemaschil b'chal davar shebikdusha bebirchas boi priyagafen. Every davar shebikdusha starts off with boi priyagafen. Kegon mila pidyon aben v'chein b'chupa v'kidushin b'lal shabbos kodesh. Everything we do starts off with a kos. Right, a wedding, a bris, a pidyon aben, shabbos, yantif. Everything always starts off with 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 uh, with a cup of wine. Why? Why does every Ceremony that we're involved in start off with a cup of wine. You know, maybe it should have been. You know, you should yaschil b'divrei Torah. Maybe we should sit down and just have to give a dvar Torah. We might do that anyway. That's not the takana derabanan. The takana is to do everything alakos. Oh, b'tefilah. Maybe we would have thought you have to say a special tefilah. La'orer to awaken ourselves. So, what's the message? Of always doing it with a cup of wine. Ulamo inyan second kalm abi ma di isa besanhedrin vechem bebrachas. The Gemara in a number of places discusses, though it's not explicit in the Torah, what kind of tree was the Eitz Hadas? What kind of tree? So the Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin dafayin brachas dafmem that at least according to one opinion, the tree was a vine. Gefen va'anavim sachtalo. And what he ate was grapes, Adam and Chava. And therefore, Chazawar Misakin, that forevermore, for eternity, we will take that Davar, that same item that was used to bring death into the world in such darkness, and say, we are ready to sanctify. We are ready to create eternity. We are create, ready to create Chayim Nitzchayim, whenever we pick up that cup of wine and sanctify the event with it. That's being a tikkun, that's fixing the original chait of the Eitz The Chodavar Kadosh have a tikkun l'chait ad b'yaz gol tzedek. Alkeinu t'sena mitzvahs achshavim ayayin. We always say it with wine and we say, Alkeinu melech ha'olam. We recognize God, you're in charge. Right? We don't want to, we don't want to falter like Adam did. Zerotzim laharos lahefech meyanachash. Zerotzim, excuse me, elokeinu melech ha'olam. Umarim zed daika bevechaz bari puragafen, ashiyas ayayin. That's the Munkacha Rebbe. Says the Am Simcha now. Maybe we can return. How did Chazal know Dalek Lashonos of Geulam and Dalek Kosos? Because that's the natural Nitiya that we have whenever we choose something. Just like we start off every event in our life cycle, every every yumtif, every Shabbos with wine. So this is also connected. What about the question of the Mordechai? Suggest so the Absifcha, that's the other Shita in the Gemara. What's the other Shita in the Gemara? What was the what type of tree was the Eitadas? It wasn't a tree. It was Chita. It was wheat. Dalalachamin. And we always have bread as well. It's always a combination. Interestingly, there's always jockeying for position. 
The wine's going to go first, but the bread feels bad, so we're going to cover the bread. We should do the bread first on a weekday. We do do the bread first, and then wine, but wine has its own bracha. So this is the issue, suggests the Yam Simcha, behind why Chazal or Masakin, wine, maybe not bread. It goes back to the Eitz Hadas. It goes back to what was the, what type of tree was it, and what are we trying to be Masakin. Okay. We move on. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, told, go back to talk to Paro and Perak Yud Pasik Yud Gimel Sorry about Yitzav, I'm sorry, this is um, actually our next week's parasha, but um, it's put here because it's a similar Pasik but the thought is found in the Chachmas Hamatzpun, which is in source number three which is a collection of Divrei Musser from different Bali Musser Based on a Rashi in next week's parsha, there'll be a lot to say in next week's parsha. So I put it, I put it, um, I put it, I put it here. Says the on top. Let me just find the uh, find the pasuk. No, it's here. I thought it, was, it says Yud. Looking in Yud, it says it, but it's really Vav. It's Perak Vav pasuk Yud Gimel. Got confused. Hashem commands Moshe Rabbeinu to go to Paro. Right, it's a misprint. You see the beginning of source 3. If you look in Rashi, Rashi tells us, Right, he commanded them to deal with B'nai Yisrael properly. Hashem tells Moshe and Aaron, give proper kavod to Paro. That's Rashi. Ask the Chachmas HaMatzpun. It's quoting from the Sefer Or HaMusser. Tzorach Lohavin. Why did God have to command them to give Paro Kavod? Think about it. They're going in front of the one who will decide whether they're going to go out or not. They want to be on his good side. They want to get him to let B'nai Yisrael out. Why would God, why would Hashem have to tell them, make sure to give proper respect? Of course they're going to give respect. What do you think they want to, they want to be, get him upset? When, when does God have to give a command? If I don't want to do something, Hashem has to say, you know what, do it. All things that I don't want to do, Hashem has to tell me to do. But, and, line 10, were it not, for the Torah telling me I have to do it, I wouldn't do it. But if naturally I have to do it, remember this was pre-Matan Torah. They didn't have mitzvahs yet. So fine, if Hashem wanted them to do something that was not natural, He would have said, you know, do this. But they would have acted nicely naturally. They would have given Him cover naturally. So why would Hashem, according to Rashi, according to Chazal, go out of His way to tell them, Moshe and Aaron, make sure you treat power properly. Continuing the question. Moshe and Aaron were human beings. They must have been scared of Paro. A little bit, no? They obviously would want to be on his good side, as we said. So therefore, why did Hashem have to command them? Says the Chachmas HaMatzpun. Says the Or HaMusr. Line 23. The whole question only gets off the ground because we're asking it from our vantage point, from our lives. So we say, well, obviously, wouldn't they be scared? Wouldn't they be want to stay on his good side? Aval the perfect ideal level that a Jew could reach is as it says in Perkei Avos. So no, God's will is my will. What He wants, I want. We are totally down the same on the same on the same wavelength. 
I have no fears other than the fears that Hashem wants me to have. Ha'adam hazeh. Holech bebitachon chazak belishum pachad klau. A person like this, he doesn't want worry. Umargish pahakara amitit. Shashum nivrabol moyuchol hazik. Built in Rishas Abore. If Hashem wants this to happen, it's going to happen. If not, not. Somebody with that type of mentality, so in touch with their bitachon and connected to Hashem, they're not going to be scared of anybody. Hashem doesn't want them to be scared of, or vice versa. Like the Pasuk explains by David HaMelech. B'shalom yachdav eshkavav ha'ishan. David HaMelech says, In peace together, I lie down and I sleep. In peace together, eshkavav ha'ishan. What's the message? Lo kedera kal Not like all of us go to sleep. What happens when we go to sleep and we put the head on our pillow? Okay, some nights we're just totally exhausted. We fall right asleep. But we start thinking and we start worrying and we're upset and what am I going to do tomorrow? Am I going to have time to do this? And is this going to be taken care of? Oh, I forgot to do this. Everything. We can't fall asleep because there are so many worries and there are so many issues. I, I'm scared what's going to be. I'm worried. Somebody's upset at me. After a while, when I'm just so tired, okay, I fall asleep. By David, it didn't work that way. David was on God's wavelength. David, Hashem, whatever you want. And, and David had what to worry about. Let's remember that. David did not have the easiest life. The whole Shmuel, the whole Shmuel base, he did not have. He was running away. He was wanted, his Shaul wanted to assassinate him. He had tremendous challenges with his children. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in David and Melech's life. It wasn't someone who didn't have any worries. And yet, Bishalom Yachtav Eshkavava Ishan. Together, I lie down and I go to sleep. No worries. Hashem doesn't want me to be scared. I'm not scared. Together, he fell asleep when his head hit the pillow. That was David HaMelech. Because he was so in sync with what Hashem wanted him to feel. And he reached that level. So what am I worrying about? HaKadosh Baruch, obviously, we have to have a head on our shoulders. But that's the level, that's the level of David HaMelech. Just we've mentioned in the past, one of the most amazing psukim in the entire Torah. Vayashkim Avraham Baboker. The morning of the Akedah, Avraham got up in the morning. What does that mean? He went to sleep the night before. Avraham was able to sleep the night before the Akedah. Kaddish Baruch Hu wants me to do this. I'm doing it. What's what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. I'll fall asleep. Sleep like a baby. I'm fine. I'll wake up in the morning. No problem. Avram slept the night before the Akeda. V'chein says, Now we get back to Arashi. Moshe and Aaron reached the same levels. Naturally, they should have been scared of Paro. They should have wanted to get on his good side. No, Vaharaya, how do you know? Those 70 elders that Rashi quotes, what happened to them? They were all going together. By the time they get there, only Moshe and Aaron there. Where are they? They dropped out. Why? They were scared. They were scared. We're going to power to ask to let the Jews go? I'm scared. They didn't make it. But Moshe and Aaron, no problem. Right, the, 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 the heart of kings and princes and all politicians. What? Why should I be scared of power more than scared of anybody else? Hashem told me to do this, I'm doing it. So they didn't have any reason to give Paro any more covered than to give anybody else covered. So Hashem had to tell them, give them covered, because they were on such a level that Paro was no, was no different than anybody else. 
Line 13, Adarabba. If Hashem told them, go to Paro, because he's going to let the Jews out, or tell him, Yecholim l'daberi tokashos. They can even be difficult with him and straight. God says, let him out. It would be even challenging. Hashem says, this is what you have to do. That's Rashi. Show him, kavod, show him, kvod malchus. Adaraba. Line 19. And this is the goal. Though Moshe and Aaron and David Melech are our prototypes, they're our models. And it's very difficult to imagine or fathom anybody since then being on that level, but as close as we could get to realize, because Baruch was in charge. Whatever he wants is going to happen. We, we do our hishtavlus in life, and the rest is out of our hands. It's And therefore, we have to try to have that type of bitachon, that type of, of self-assurance, spiritual self-assurance that HaKadosh Baruch is taking care of us. Avinu. He's Avinu. And we have to real, realize and make sure to try to control our emotions as much as we can and channel them to HaKadosh Baruch. Okay. Moving right along. Next Pasuk. So we are going straight. Very next plastic, Shani. We have the Yichus of Moshe and Aaron given right here in Perak Vav. Why is the Yichus given? Rashi tells us, because the Torah wants to tell us where did Moshe and Aaron come from. So we start from Reuven, and then we get into Levi, and then we stop. Okay, you can still beg the question, why do we have to start from the beginning? You're not giving all the Shvatim anyway. So we discussed that in past years, but we're going to focus just on the language of the Psukim for a moment. By Ruvain, Eila Rashi Beisavosan. These are the heads of the families of Beisavosan. B'nei Reuvain, Bechar Yisrael, Chano. Interesting, he calls him Bechar. In what way was Ruvain a Bechar besides biologically? He calls him Bechar Yisrael. And Bechar Yisrael, not just Bechar Yaakov. Interesting. B'nei Reuvain, Bechar Yisrael. Good. Chanoch, by the way, we mentioned in the past, is the only name in Torah which has four people. Four people in the Torah are Chanoch. Four different people are Chanoch. The only one in the Torah. Ovenei Shimon, Yemuel, V'yamin, V'ohad, Yachad, V'sochar, V'shav, Z'chulu. These are the Mishpachos Shimon. Next. Eilish Mos B'nei Levi, L'sol Dolsam. Gershon, Kazam, Arari, V'chulu. Ask the Shlach HaKadosh. If you read the Pesukim carefully, there's a difference. Ruvain, Eila Rashi Beisavosan, and Shimon, Uvenei Shimon, Levi, Veila Shmos Bene Levi. Why does it only say Shmos by Levi? Ruvain and Shimon don't get a Shmos. Eila Rashi Beisavosan, and these are Shimon, and these are Shmos Bene Levi. What's the emphasis of Shmos Bene Levi? Says the Shlach source number four. Hashlo Hiksha Madua. And Levi Hashemos says the Shlach Kadosh. Ubi'er kisheva Levi lo haya begalus. As Rashi quotes on last week's parsha, Sheva Levi wasn't Meshubin. That's what the Ramban says. Why Levi was the smallest Sheva later on? Because they weren't in the subjugation, and the promise was Kasher Yanu Kain Yerbevachin Yefrot. So. They weren't zochet to that to that miracle of of having shisha b'keras echad, but Sheva Levi wasn't in the galus. The Levi yada davarzeh, and Levi realized that v'ratza lehishtatev b'tzaras hatzibur, and the Sheva wanted to be mishtat. It wasn't their tzara, but it was Klal Yisrael's tzara, and they wanted to be mishtatev. Levi went down to Mitzrayim, but it already started. You could say maybe he foresaw. Or even he could feel, he could feel it, it, it going sour even when his children were born. Ma'asa, Karashemos Labanov al Shem Hagalos. He wanted to call his children with names that would connect them to their brethren, brethren who were physically being subjugated. Gershon, al Shem Kigerim Hebaris Lalahem. Kahas, Shineim Keos, their teeth would fall out. Mirari, Obvious maror by maros chayehem. That's why v'yela shmos bnei levi. The emphasis of shmos because they had all their names, all their shemos were connected to their brethren. 
So says the Shlach Kaddish, what do you see from that one word? That one word. We learn from here that a person always has to, even if it's not their own. That's We learn that from Shemos, and we also learn that from last week's Parsha. Even if it's not his, it's my, not my Tzara. Not my Tzara. Shomer so Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu last week, Hodi Hashem Yisbarach Moshe Rabbeinu, Eke Asher Eke. What does Hashem say? Eke Imam Begolazeh, Eke Imam Begolazacheres. And then right afterwards it says, Eke Pamachas. What's the message? So Rashi quotes, Moshe says, what are you telling him about other Goliaths for? They're worried about this one. But if you look at the Pesukim, Hashem tells Moshe, Eke Asher Eke, alluding to Moshe, I will always be with them, even in future Goliaths, but to Am Yisrael, just say Eke. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't going to be in all these Shibudim. He wasn't going to be in all these Goliaths. And Hashem knew that Moshe Rabbeinu had such a connection. And he would want to feel the pain of every fellow Jew. He tells Moshe about all the Goliaths. Says the Shla. Klomar, line 11. Masha Marti Eke Asher Eke Lachani Megaleh. Aval Yisrael. Lo Tomar Eke Eke Pamachas. Shalotzarem B'yoser. So he's Meshuta for the Tzara. The level of Moshe, he was connected to every Jew and wanted to be connected to every Jew. And then the Lekach Tov, here he puts together a number of stories related to great Gedolim who also felt Meshtati V'Matzibur even if it wasn't specifically theirs. Story, here he quotes it from Yvchesel Levinstein. There are also stories about Rav Chaim Shvalevitz that took place during the 1967 war, the Six-Day War, where Rav Chaim Shvalevitz was Mashkiach and Panovich. He got up and was Tovei's Talmidim. There are soldiers fighting. What are we doing? He said to the Talmidim and Panovich. Not just carrying the burden. But there's an idea of feeling their pain. Naming your kids after Levi, after Gershok Asmarari. Levi took action and did something to feel like it. And he quoted the Talmud Dvorah. Paul Hope Safer is based on one Pasuk, where the Pasuk says, L'she'eris nachalaso, She'er. She'eris is, is the remainder. It also means relative. She'er. We have to view every fellow Jew as a She'er, as a connected as connected bus or connected flesh. And he continues quoting other stories, the Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Chaim, Chavetz Chaim, as other, uh, other greats did not sleep on a bench during all of World War I, in the Chavetz Chaim's case, and World War II in other cases, because how could I be comfortable? Story quoted in many sources about Rabbi Chaim, Rabbi Chaim Salvechik, on line 7, on the next page. Rabbi Chaim Reb Chaim was an unbelievable Ben Adam Lachaveru person. One of my Rebbeim, Reb Yisrael likes to point out that there are two words on Reb Chaim's kever. And they're not Chefzegavra. The two words are Ish Chesed. That's Reb Chaim. We tell a story that there was a terrible fire in Brisk. And everybody was sleeping on the floor in a, in a public barn, I would guess it was. And Reb Chaim didn't sleep in his own house, even though his house was untouched. Didn't sleep the whole time that the Jews was there. He went and slept there on the floor with them. That was a gadol. That was Reb Chaim. That was somebody like Levi. Reb Chaim lo nachvelo shaket yoma v'layla b'shikum mishpachos hanisrafim. Those who were burned. All those years, he says, Lo And this is someone who obviously took learning very seriously. Yet he spent his time, he didn't get as good a sleep as he could have gotten. He went to the slanted floor of the shul. Yeah, they slept in the shul. Okay, what's the problem? It was nice and tiled. Maybe they had some uh, wall-to-wall carpeting. Not in brisk. Well, they have. They had some dirt floor that wasn't even flat. That's where he stayed. I can't sleep on my bed. I have to join them. Ela Shemos bin Levi. These are the names, say the Shlach Hakadosh. The names themselves connected him to the rest of Am Yisrael. Good. Moving right along. 
So, getting ready for the signs and then getting ready for the makos. Perak Zion. Shem goes back to, tells Moshe to do the signs. Perak Zion, Moshe Rabbeinu are in front of Paro. But you have a Moshe of Aaron, a Paro, Yasu King, Gashrativ Hashem. Aaron throws his staff. The staff, the stick, changes into a tanin. We'll translate that as a snake. But tanin. Paro called to his chachamim and to his magicians. They also did it. What's the big deal? The Medrash asked, what was the purpose of these signs? They all threw their staffs and they became taninim, they became uh, snakes. Aaron's mate swallows up the other matos. Rashi quotes, and the Pata continues in Paro's heart, Rashi quotes, Bala et kulam. There's another hidden nace in the Pasuk here, says Rashi quoting Chazal. It's not just that they all became snakes and an iron snake swallowed up the other snakes, but there was an added nace here. Because look at the Pasuk closely. After they all switched back into Matos, that's when Aaron's Mate swallowed up the Matos. What the Chazal called, the Sitzah Chachamim here, he quotes it, Nase Betochnes. It was a double Nase. It was a Nase that Aaron's swallowed up the others, and it was a Nase that they did it while it was a stick, and not just when it was a snake. What do we need the Nase Betochnes for? Ask the Panim Chadashas Batorah. We've quoted, we've quoted him before, he has Panim Masbiras Batorah, a fearer. Panim Chadashas Batorah. What do you need the Nase for? The mate and the mate, why couldn't they swallow them up while they were still snakes? Right? That also would have been, I, I'm stronger than you. My snake swallowed up all of your snakes. Why did Hashem Dafka wait till they, they switched back into matos just to have a bigger nace? There was already a nace. Let Aaron's snake swallow up all other snakes. No, it's Dafka after it switched back to matos, then Aaron's mata swallowed up the other matos. Why do we need that nace for? That's not good enough? Suggests the Panim Chadashis, Batorah. Nitan Lomar, Shemate Arun What was this Mate going to be used for? Bo Asuya Kadesh Baruch Lula Hakos Es HaMitzriyim. Hashem was going to use this Mate many times over the next couple of months to punish and to rebuke and to prove to the Mitzriyim who is in charge and who is God? It's such a little detail, but it gives such a new insight into the whole story. If Aaron's mate swallows their matos, then every time they see that mate up in the air and being used to patch them, hey, that's our mate. Our matos are in there. It'll hurt even more. And it will teach them even more. Even after it was a mata. All your matas are in here now. Boom. Dom. Boom. All of the makas that come from the mata. It makes it more painful. When the whole Egyptian society saw and they all heard the story that all of the machashvim's matos are gone now because they're in Aaron's mata and that's what brings the makos. All of them. If somebody takes my own item and, and hurts me with it, it hurts even more. Using my own thing to hurt me? Besides the fact that symbolically, the mate that grew up in Paro's own house is the person who's coming back to punish them too. Moshe, symbolically. The mate which usually protect, is meant to protect the person. And it's turned on his head. All your matas are here, and I'm using it to punish you. And you see this, he says, in the continuation as well. On my 19, Kriyas Yamsuf. 
came through their own. Kodesh Baruch Hu always uses what they want to use against us. Right? The eights of Haman Arasha. Chamishim Amma. That was his mate. And it was used against him. It was even worse. Imagine when Haman was being hanged. He's thinking, I built this for Mordechai. Right, but it's using it, being used against him. That was my mat. I used that to, to hit the Jews with. And now it's being used to hit us. Kodem sheholicho matos elu es baalein ha-mitzrim sholel v'chulu. K'shara ha-mitzrim sheholicho ba'am tochayem ba'yabasha. They ran in and the mate, the mate is what did it. That just added on to their, to their tsar. And this idea says the panem chadashas refer answers two other questions as well. There were two splittings there was one at the beginning of the 40 years and one at the end of the 40 years. The Yamsuf and the Yardin. And yet it happened in different ways. Kriyas Yamsuf, as we know, we just read the Psukim, it happened with the Mata. Why didn't Hashem just do a repeat? Why did the Kohanim have to walk in up to their feet, the feet go in the water, boom, the Yardin splits. Why didn't Hashem just do it again with the Mata? Now they knew the secret. Somebody will be Nachshon, they'll jump in and use the Mata the same way. No, the mata is not used this time. Hashem gives you a shoe instructions. No, Daf could do it this way. Why did they use it? Why did they use it? You had to wait to the kapos ragle koanim no se haaron. Why don't you use the mata of Aaron? Says source number seven. What's the answer? Ella. By Kriyas Yamsev, it was used for a specific purpose. It was to help punish the Mitzrayim. You should see that we're splitting the sea with your matos. That's why. But when you're going into Eretz Yisrael, we're going in. you got to use the Aron. There's no reason to use a mata which is filled with matos of Rishayim. That's how you're going to split the yard day going into Eretz Yisrael. We're going in to conquer Eretz Yisrael for the first time. We don't need the matos of, of Goyim. We don't need them. Right, it's a recognition and not out of pain. And finally, one other one other item, which is an amazing question that we don't really think about. Parsha's Korach. Fast forward a couple of months. We know to help prove Aaron HaKohen to the rest of Am Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu says, you know what, let's do a test. Let every shavit get a mate, get a staff, let's put it all in, and tomorrow morning we'll see which one sprouts, which one has flowers on it, and blossoms, and fruit. So they take a mate for every shevet and write every shevet's name on the mate, including Levi. Mate. You write Levi on it. Such a simple question. Why'd they have to get a new mate for shevet Levi? Why don't you just use the mate of Aaron that's been there the whole time? And what do they do with that mate after? After that mate is, uh, proves Aaron Akohen, what does the Pasuk say? Line 14, Vashem Aaron, take the Levi. What? I'm, you're right, I'm sorry, you write the, uh, the, the Nisim on the, on not the names of the Shvatim. You write Aaron on Mata Levi. And you put him into the Oamoid. They're all in the Oamoid. And then you take him out, and Aaron of Cohen's will always be there. Right, right, what does the later Pasuk say? Hashavis Mata Aaron, Lefneidus, Lemishmeris. The Mata of Aaron is there. Maybe you bought a base of Migdash, we'll see the Aaron, we'll see the, the, the Sinsenus Haman, and we'll see the Mate. Which Mate? This Mate of Aaron. Why was this Mate of Aaron put there? Wouldn't it have been better to put the Mate that did all the Makos into the Kodesh Kadashim over there? The Mate that did Kriyas Yamsuf, wouldn't we want to see that even more? The most, that's the most amazing Mate. All the Makos. Oh, Kriyas Yamsub, Dafkida, just, ooh, the Matev Irons. That's so, it's exciting too. It grew, sprouted forth. It was also a nace. But why wasn't there earlier Matev put into the, next to the Kodesh Kadashim? He said it's beautiful. Because that Matev is full of the Matos of the Mitzrayim. We want that into the Kodesh Kadashim. That's full of all the other Matos. 
So that's why he couldn't be used to get into Eretz Yisrael, and that's why he couldn't be used to be the one to be placed into the Kodesh Kadashim. Elamata zu, last two lines, Shay Balua, Matusayim, Shalgayim, Ain Mikomo Baohamoe Lafreha Eidas. That's not the place. Kimalamato Shalgayim Lamishkan Hashem. What's it doing there? So that's why it was left out, and Dafke the Mate, or the new Mate of Aaron, was put was put Dafke in the Kodesh Kadashim. Good. Let's get into the Makas. Two thoughts on the Makas. Three thoughts. Three thoughts on the Makas. First, first Makas Dam, the Medrash, if you never saw it before, it's so worthwhile, whether the Medrash discusses how each Maka was Mida Kenegan Mida. And it was a process. Dam, because they attacked their gods first, the Nile that they worshipped, Sardaya, everyone. And the Rashi quotes part of it because they used to scream at Am Yisrael and frogs make a lot of noise and croak. Disgusting. It's always good to take out. There are great Haggadahs with great pictures about the Makas. Take them out to Shabbos. Even if, just don't bring them to the table. Just uh, take them out of, not bring them to the table, but really to get a sense of what it was like. Besides reading the Chumash, obviously. But anyway, so we have Dam, we have Tzvardei. So there is a some well-known Gemara about Tzvardeya in Meseches Psachim. So it's a very unusual Gemara. The Gemara quoted in source number 8, the first couple of lines, tells us, How did Hananya Mishal Vazarya know? What inspired them to be Moser Nefesh to jump into the, to the fiery furnace? What inspired them? Hananya Mishal Vazarya. What inspired them? So parenthetically you might say, what inspired them? How about Avodah How about Apasak and Chumash? So that's what the Rishonim discussed in, in the beginning of Masechus Avodah Zarah and Masechus Ksubas and elsewhere was a real Avodah Zarah, what Nebuchadnezzar had. It might have just been a statue. Rabbeinu Tamshita is that it was a real Avodah Zarah. And he proves it from his Gemara. What do you mean, what inspired them? It's an Isidar Isa. That's what inspired them. So that's why some Rishonim say it wasn't real Avodah Zarah. Good. But anyway, the Gemara says, so what inspired them? Says the Gemara, the frogs. The frogs in our parsha, nasu kavachomer ba'atzma mitzvardeim. They did a kavachomer from frogs. Umat zvardeim she'ein mitzuvim akdusha sashem ksiv behu. If frogs aren't, they're not chayiv in mitzvahs. They're not chayiv in the mitzvah of kiddush Hashem. And yet it says uvova alu bevesecha v'zanerechem shavasecha. They jumped in and they gave their lives. They were moser nefesh. So frogs jumped into the ovens and they gave their lives. Al Kiddush Hashem, even though they're not mitzuvah. Anu, she mitzuvah al Kiddush Hashem, alachas kama v'kama. We're mitzuvah al Kiddush Hashem. God al mitzuvah v'yoseh. Right, so we have to do it. If they did it, they, they volunteered Kiddush Hashem. So of course we have to do Kiddush Hashem. That's the Gemara. Okay, a lot to say about the Gemara. We're just going to tell a story about the Gemara. A story about the Shagazariah and the Groh. The Shagasari had a question on this. What kind of Kavachomer is this? The frogs weren't commanded and they jumped in. So surely we are commanded. The frogs weren't commanded? God told them. God sent them. What do you mean they weren't commanded? Hashem told the frogs. What is the Gemara talking about? They weren't mitzuvah. That was the Kasha of the Shagasari. I don't understand the Gemara. So the Groh was seven years old. And the Groh said, I have an answer. Right, the Groh is seven years old. Ha-Groh, zichro yogein aleinu. Kiven sheva shanim. Right, he overlapped with the Shagazariyeh. Hayaba Esahi. He heard the Shagazariyeh, he asked this kasha. V'nitzcho lagon ha-Shagazariyeh. And he gave an answer. Ki amar shekeinu ha-meshen istavu. Yes, they were commanded. But they were commanded, not dafka, to go into each place. They said, Hashem said, all of you frogs, come here. You go, all of you, go onto the filthy and go into the beds and go into the cupboards and go into the um, ovens. Go everywhere, fill the streets. They could have each said, you know what, I'm going on the bed. You can go in the oven. I'll pass. And yet, I'm going to the bedroom. You can take the kitchen. 
but nobody did that. How did they, how did some go into the ovens? Because they all did. They all were Moser Nefesh. They weren't Mitzvah, each of them to go into the ovens, but they all went in. They all were Moser Nefesh. They jumped into their bodies. They gave their lives. So they weren't Mitzvah to be Moser Nefesh, and that's the Kavach Homer. Shagasari heard it. He bent down and gave the seven-year-old a kiss. Kiyadua, as is known. Shagazari knew that the little Eliyahu was destined for greatness, even at the age of seven. Okay, the story is quoted. I gave it to you here from the Pnina Mishokhan Agra, but uh, it's a story quoted in various places as well. Good. Idea number one. That was about Svardeya. Next. Barad. Let's read a Rashi. Could also remember any of these thoughts, remember, are good to say at the Seder. So keep in mind, you can put it into your Pesach notebook. Pasuk says in Perak Tes Pasuk skipping down a couple of Makas. Moshe Rabbeinu is warning the last Maka in our Sedra is Barad. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hinini Mamtir Kaes Machar. Hashem tells Moshe, I'm sorry. Hinini Mamtir Kaes Machar, Barad Kaved Ma'od. Tomorrow at this moment, Barad will start. Heavy hail. Ashalohaya Kamo B'Mitzrayim. There was never like it in Mitzrayim. Luminayomi Vastav Arata. There was never like it, this Barad. Eish and Mayim. What does Rashi say? Ka'es Machar. At this moment. Ka'es Machar. At this moment. What's the emphasis? Ka'es Machar. Rashi says. Ka'es Hazos Lemachar. At this moment tomorrow. Sarat Bosrita Bekosel. He scratched a hole on the wall. When the barad comes, well, I'm sorry, when the sun reaches this spot, the barad's going to start. Good. Similar, if you remember, where did this come up before? It came up by the birth of Yitzchak. Right? When, right, when this happens, boom, you're going to have a son. Asks for Pincus. Earlier, by Yitzchak, it's fine to say right when the sun hits this, mo- this spot, this spot, this mark. But what's happening here? Right when, let's think about the words. Right when the sun hits this spot, it's going to start hailing. It's usually not such a sunny day when it starts hailing. Answer pink is what? It was going to be sunny? No clouds? That's going to be another miracle. You have to say it was a sunny day and it was borrowed coming down. Okay, you can say that's another miracle that we don't always think about. Maybe that's the answer. Rapinkus still gives another answer. And this is a thought that we've quoted from Rapinkus in a different parish, in a different context, but here he says it again. Worthwhile thought to repeat. Vehine. Bikama mikomos biyarnu and other places we've said. Shebimechitza yeshnam shneofanim. There are two types of mechitzos separations. Mechitza marchekes umechitza mikareves. There's one type of separation that's meant to distance, keep away, keep out, and there's one type of mechitza that's meant to draw close and draw near. But Derechlal, Nitfos Eitzel Hahamon, most of us think, Shaha Mechitza Mirachekes. Most of us think that a mechitza, you know, keeps you distant. And the purpose of a wall, the purpose of a fence, is to keep you out. But he says, if you think about most mechitzos, it's the exact opposite. Having a fence, having a separation, allows for closeness. For example, mechitza in shul. If there was no mechitza in shul, men and women wouldn't both be able to be in shul. Only because there's a mechitza there, could they both be in the same place. Only because we have the mechitza. Or, says Rapinkus, Maimar Sinai. What does Hashem tell Moshe? Hagbelas Arvakidashto. Make a gvul. Put a fence on the har. What does that fence do that allows Hashem's Shechina to be shore on our Sinai? Only because there's a fence. Is Hashem then able to come down? Shekeno Efsharis Hayechida, line 11. Once there are mechitzos, then it can be kirva. Does anybody ever go on a tiyul? 
You go on to Tiyul, you have this little cliff that you're going by. What's on the side? You have the cliff. On the other side, you have this like little metal thing to hold on to, a gate. If you didn't have that gate, they wouldn't let you go up there. It's only because you, you could be makariv there. You could go somewhere because the mechitza is there. So do mechitza sometimes allow you to do something. So here too, by our Sina, it allowed us to come close because there was a separation. So says Rav Pincus, why are there clouds when it rains? God could have created, Hashem could have created the world. It could rain, or sometimes it rains when it's sunny out. See a rainbow. Why are there clouds? Says Rav Pincus, unbelievable. Because rain is a shefa bracha from Hashem. Rain is a gift from Hashem. Rain is something special. Hashem said, I'm giving you a bracha. I'm giving you a special, a special matana. Hashem comes so close to us when it rains. Baruch Hashem, in our country, we dance when it rains. We're happy. Right? Every, everybody else in the world, it rains, they're sad. Here in this country, everybody's celebrating. They're, they're looking at the forecast. I hope it rains. I hope it rains. Because that's the nakuda. Because when it rains, clouds are the mechitza that allows Hashem to come close. When he gives us the Shefa Bracha. Maybe that's thunder and lightning too. I don't know. Hine, call inyan he matzas ha'ananim. Beis yiridas akshamim. Hulu mechitza ve'lyonam l'tachtonim. V'kashar yoreit shefa shabracha min ha'shamayim. When shefa comes down, harezu his karbus atsuma shal Hashem yisparach. La'ashpia berchaso. That's why there are ananim. That's why there are clouds. Because Hashem's coming close. Because it's shefa bracha he's giving us. But there was one time, at least in history, that God sent down rain and hail, and it wasn't Shefa Bracha. It wasn't a reflection that God was coming close. And that was by the Makkah of Barad. So no need for clouds. Right? When the sun hits this spot, boom, it's coming down. Shomain Sarah Klaba Anonim. Wachin Yerud Abarad Bili Anonim. El Yeshiris Ben Ashamayim. Be'esha Shemesh Zorachas. That's a thought. Next time we see the rain clouds, we've got to think of HaKadosh Baruch Hu coming close. Thunder and lightning. Imagine, the Rambam writes at the beginning of the Chaz that we have Birch HaShelach Vahuda'ah throughout the day to remind ourselves of God. Amazing. A rainstorm, you got two brachas right there. Two brachas, thunder and lightning storm. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very close. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us, maybe so close he wants us to stay inside, but he's close. Okay, one final thought for the evening, also related to this Maka. Says the Pasik, Pasakhaf Aleph, Pasakhaf, Hayarius Dvar Hashem Avdi Parahinis is Avadavis Bignal Abatim. Those who fear God brought in their Avadim and their Mikna and their cattle. Fashalosam Libal Dvar Hashem, those who didn't, they left them out and obviously they were destroyed. I think we had a similar thought from a different source in the past about this, but this year we'll do the Azain Latar of Suratskin. Says Rav Sarasin, let's think about this. What makkah are we up to? Towards the end. We're in the second half of the makkahs. There's already been makkahs, there already have been makkahs that the Egyptian magicians couldn't do. There was already Arov. That was a big one. And yet, what does the Torah say? Moshe forecasts tomorrow there's going to be fire and ice coming down from heaven. The first few makkahs, I've been right on target. And what does the Pusik say? Those people who are low chash liba, they left them out. Yes, what kind of a thick, unthinking, silly, foolish people are we talking about? Mitzrayim was the, 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 the top of civilization at the time. There, these people weren't, weren't even choshe that Moshe might be telling the truth. They left him outside. Okay, so you don't think he's, he's, a, he's such a tzaddik. But he's already performed a lot of makos. You've already had boils and animals and lice and dam and sfardeya. The language. Who could do that? So he has two thoughts. First thought. Second column. They couldn't believe. Why would Moshe be telling me something positive? Something for my benefit? Sometimes we have enemies that cannot fathom that we're acting L'shem Shemayim. We just look at our, in our era, but in every era. The enemies hate us so much that they can't fathom that a Jew is good at all and would even give me warning for something. 
Right? What other, what other army in their right minds would give warnings when they're about to bomb a terrorist house? By the way, we're about to bomb this house. All civilians should get away. What other, what other army would do that besides Medina Yisrael? Right? So that's, that's what happened in Mitzrayim too, but they don't care. They can't fathom it, and therefore, they leave them outside. Something that's told to us about the enemy. Number two, he says, line seven, Shashem echbid gamas leva avdei paro, shalo yasimu leva filu ledavar hakal hazeh. Maybe it had to do with paro hardening their hearts. You know why it wasn't so easy for them? Because not only did Hashem pardon Paro's heart, but Hashem pardoned their hearts too. But lest you think, says Rav Saratskin, that this took away their Bechira Chavshis, read the Pasuk. Some of the Egyptians did it. Meaning the ones who didn't, it was their own volition. Why did Hashem pardon the heart? As many Mepharshim say, it was to level the playing field a little bit. He didn't want to make it so obvious for them to give in. So he hardened their heart a little bit, but they still had Bechira. And they still, and they still didn't listen. Okay, another answer could be suggested by many that when, when one doesn't want to believe, it doesn't matter what type of nace is in front of me, I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to believe. If somebody is so warped in their mentality of rejection of God, you could have the greatest miracle in the world. If somebody doesn't want to believe, they're not going to believe. Asher lo sum libo. We just have to open our eyes and see the tremendous miracles and see in a rain cloud HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what we have to do. And that's what we should all be zochet to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu throughout our lives.